So we're reading from Luke chapter 8 this morning, the parable of the sower, uh, as we start into a little series on parables, the parables of Jesus uh, through into into June. So the parable of sorts on page 1037 of the church Bibles, if you would like to have it, uh, have it open uh, in front of you, that would be great. So So Jesus was doing some ministry, and then it says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, uh, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it. But they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries and cares and uh, worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. And thanks be to God for his word. Stories told of four clergymen who were uh, making their way back from America, and they were at a conference in America. Uh, and speaking of conferences, we had a wonderful conference here yesterday, Alpha Conference. Uh, and I want to to thank those who were involved. I want to thank Johnny and uh, the guys, the team, Johnny, for bringing the conference here, and 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 to all our guys from Orangeville that were involved, uh, helping with ARC and uh, wearing their red T-shirts and 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 just making the conference happen. So thank you to everyone from Orangefield who helped to make uh, yesterday the Alpha Conference happen. It was such an encouragement uh, to us. So we had a conference yesterday. But anyway, the story is told of these guys. Uh, and they were in America, four clergymen. They were at a conference. They were coming back to Ireland. They were flying. They were halfway across the Atlantic, 30,000 feet up. And the captain of the flight came on and said, this is your captain speaking. Now, unfortunately, I have to tell you that both our engines have failed And unless there's a miracle, in a few brief seconds, we will plunge into the middle of the Atlantic. And he said, and if there's any clergymen on board, you need to do whatever you think you need to do. So the Anglican vicar, he got out his book of common prayer, and he started to read a little liturgy. The Methodist ministry started to sing one of those great rousing Wesleyan hymns. The Pentecostal minister, he started to pray for the miracle. And the Presbyterian minister, he took off his cap and started to take up the offering. (laughs) 
Uh, he believed there would be a miracle. <laughs> Four different responses to the same message. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. That's what we see in this parable. Four different responses to the same message. You see, as Jesus went through those towns and villages proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, he got four different responses. And this parable of the sower is about those responses that that people made and that people continue to make to the word of God, to the message of Jesus. You see, the message is the word of God, and the word of God is about the kingdom of God. You see, the Bible tells us that by ourselves, left to our own fallen human nature, we are living outside of the kingdom of God. By our own fallen human rebellious nature, we are actually, whether we like it or not, we are living in the kingdom of Satan. And it's a kingdom of darkness and of death and of destruction. But God loves us too much to leave us there. And so through the death and resurrection of his one and only son, he offers to us forgiveness of our sin. He offers to us reconciliation. He offers to us a place in his glorious kingdom of light and life. And Jesus came to call us out of the kingdom of darkness and into this glorious kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. And that's what he's doing as he goes around those towns and villages. Calling people, calling us even today to turn from our sin, to accept God's forgiveness, to receive the the gift of eternal life and to live lives that bear fruit and bring glory to him. That's the message of the word and the people responded to the word in different ways. Just a few examples from earlier in Luke's gospel where we find this parable. So at the end of Luke 4, some people from Nazareth responded to the word by trying to throw Jesus off a cliff. On the other hand, in Luke 5, the fishermen, Simon, James, John, they responded to the word by leaving everything they had and following Christ. So did Levi, the tax collector. Then in Luke 7, we read that certain religious people rejected Jesus. But the Roman centurion... And a sinful woman, they accepted the word and started to follow him. Everywhere Jesus went, he preached the word and he held out the gift of life. This parable is recorded in Luke 8. It's also recorded in in Matthew and Mark. You see, I guess in 21st century East Belfast, we've got a little bit removed from the land, haven't we? But in 1st century Palestine, this was a largely agricultural society. The people would be familiar with the, the concepts and the ideas that Jesus was talking about. Sowing and harvesting. They were familiar ideas. And as we're going to look at a number of, of parables over the next weeks, that's what a parable is. It's a, it's a simple story that the everyday people could understand, could identify with, if they had ears to hear. If they wanted to listen up and listen in and hear the word. But that parable also conveyed to them a great spiritual truth or encouragement or challenge as well. It was a simple story, an engaging story, but yet in that story God had a habit and has a habit of sneaking up on us. You see, Jesus' listeners would be engaged with this engaging storyteller. And they would let their guard down because they would feel comfortable with Jesus. And then as Jesus went on, God would sneak in. And the penny would drop. And the people would realize that, hey, I'm in that story. I'm in that story. Am I the hard ground or the the good soil? Am I the Pharisee or the tax collector? Am I the prodigal son or the older son? 
or whatever. I'm in that story. And that inevitably demanded a response. Where were they in the story? Which one am I? Am I the the hard grinder, the good soil? Am I the Pharisee or the tax collector, the prodigal or the older? And who am I or what am I in in this story? And what am I to do about that? So that's what the people were thinking as Jesus told his stories. So in this story commonly called the parable of the sower, and we have a picture of Vincent van Gogh and his sower there that's, of course, illustrating something of the parable. But there are three elements in this story. and There's the sower, there's the seed, and there's the ground. And at the time that Jesus told this parable, Luke tells us that Jesus was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And so, in this story, God is the sower. The sower is God. The sower went out and he scattered seed on the land. And the seed, well, the seed, Luke tells us, is God's word. And what about the ground? Well, the ground is the people who hear God's word. Very simple concept, isn't it? These are the four different ways that people respond to the same seed, to the same word of God. They all received the same seed, they all received the same word, but they responded in four different ways. And, And all of us fall into one or other of these categories. Each of us is one or other of these types of soil. And Jesus' original listeners, as they heard this story, they would have realized that he was talking about them, and they would have started to ponder the question then, which type of soil am I? And so this morning, as we read and hear God's word, we might each also ponder the same question, mightn't we? So first of all, Jesus talks about the path. What happened to the seed that was scattered and fell on the path? Well, the path was hard ground. It was hard ground. It was compacted down with people walking on it. And some ended up on the path. And the path, it it just couldn't take root. It, It shriveled up or the birds came in and ate it. The birds seen it lying there. And down they swooped and snatched it away. I don't know if you've ever maybe taken your kids or grandchildren to the park or down to Castle Espy or somewhere and you're feeding the ducks there. And the next thing in, the pigeons are in, the seagulls, and they're quicker. And they dart in and they just snatch it away. That's what Jesus is talking about here. So what kind of person is like the path in Jesus' parable? Well, this is the person that's hard. This is the person who has hardened like the path, hardened in his or her attitude to God. They've hardened their heart to the word of God, and the word is quickly snatched away. You see, they've hardened their heart to the word of God and to the spirit of God. And this person is living in a dangerous place because as soon as the, the word of God is sown, as soon as they hear it, then the devil, like these birds, sweeps in and snatches it away. And the devil is a thief. And he will try to snatch away the life-giving word of God. On the path, the, the seed of the word falls on the hard ground. It falls on the hard ground rather than into it. Onto the hard heart rather than into it. I wonder, are you maybe like this hard ground? Are you keeping the word of God on the outside and not allowing it to go into your heart? Not allowing it to take root and to flourish? 
The second type of ground was the rocky ground. What happened to the seed when it fell on the rocky ground? Well, it it got onto the soil, it got into the soil, but the problem is it's a very shallow soil with the rock just below the surface. There was no depth to the soil. The seed had no chance to get a good, solid root down into the soil because of the shallowness and the rock just underneath. So the, the seed quickly starved and withered away. There was no depth, no moisture, no root, nothing to sustain the word. Nothing to, to sustain this, the seed. And it just dried up and, and died. What kind of person is this? Well, this is the shallow person. The person who receives the word of God quickly, maybe with a lot of emotion and joy initially. For them, the gospel is a nice warm message and a great idea, but, but there's no real depth to their response to it. The word has no roots and quickly withers and dies. There isn't that real consideration of all that it means to receive Christ and to follow him. No real commitment to him or to his church or his kingdom. You see, there may be an initial enthusiasm that just soon dies away. Quickly starved of anything to sustain it. I've, I've been at events where in the emotion of it all, you know, hands have gone up and people have responded in the excitement, but then... Unfortunately, later, some of those folks have fallen away. It was a shallow possession, profession of faith. And when a time of testing or, or trial or temptation came, they unfortunately fell away. Rocky ground people fall away when they come under pressure, when they're mocked by family or friends or, or classmates or colleagues for being a Christian. Their actions reveal that they never really had their roots down into Christ. They were just on rocky ground. I I wonder, are you maybe a bit like the rocky ground? Yeah, maybe you've been moved by God's word or by his spirit in the past. Maybe you've been moved by a particular talk or time of praise, but there's never really been any real depth to your response. No real commitment. Is that you? Are you needing to make a real commitment to Christ to sink your roots down deep and take a real stand for him in your life? <clears throat> the next type of soil that Jesus talks about is the, is the thorny ground. If you've got a garden, I'm sure you've struggled with thorns and weeds. Every garden has them. You know what I'm talking about. You pull them out and you pull them out again and then you spray them. And then you spray them again. And they still keep coming up. Every time you go back, they're there. What is it about thorns and weeds that make them grow faster and bigger than everything else in the garden? They choke out the other plants. They take over. So what kind of person may be like the thorny ground? Well, this is the person who is is easily distracted. They're easily distracted from what's important. They hear the word of God, yes, they hear it, but other things come in to distract them. Other things take over. They have busy lives, they're busy people, always going places, things to do, people to meet. Haven't got time, preoccupied with earthly things, material matters. Many of which are okay in themselves, but not if they take up so much of our lives that we haven't got time to think about what's really important to get our priorities right to think of things of eternal importance 
thorny ground people hear the word of God, but they put it off. They put off responding to it. Because all those other things seem so much more important at the time. They've got to be seen to. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. The word of God that gives eternal life is set to one side. It's choked out. They put off responding to another day and another day and another day. And then one day, there are no more days. I wonder, are you maybe like the thorny ground? Are you hearing God's word and saying to yourself, I know that I have to do something about this. But there's other things that I want to do first. And you're putting it off and putting it off, putting off the life-giving word, responding to the life-giving word. And you're putting it off and you're putting it off and you're letting the thorns choke God's word. Is that maybe where you are this morning? Well, please, please, don't put it off any longer. This is the day. This is the day. This is the day to do something about it. Today is the day to get the priorities right. Today is the day to let the word in. Today is the day to say yes to Jesus. To say yes to life. Or maybe, lastly, you're like the good soil. This is the soil that readily receives the seed, receives the word of God. This is the good soil. No thorns on it and no rocks in it. And the seed is allowed to take root and multiply and grow and produce fruit and a wonderful harvest as God works within our lives. A hundred times more than is sown. What kind of person is this? This is the receptive person, the committed person, the person who's not hard, who opens up their heart opens up their mind and their life to receive what God has to say, to receive God's word, to apply it to our lives. This is the person who is committed to Christ and his kingdom and his church. This person doesn't allow their emotions to rule their lives because emotions and feelings come and go up and down. These are people who have put down real roots of faith and are committed. People who don't allow other matters to come in and and distract them and, 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 and... and stop them from following the one who is the way and the truth and the life. They hear God's word and they have ears to hear. And they respond with a positive yes. They hear and they act upon it and they do something about it. They receive the word of God and they retain the word of God. And they preserve, persevere in, in kingdom living. And they produce a good crop. They live lives that bring glory to God. The word produces a fruitful harvest. Now I know that we all have our ups and downs. We all have our struggles. But by the grace of God, is that where we are seeking to be this morning? Are we seeking to be the good soil? The good soil. Because as we open our hearts to God's word and his spirit, he will produce fruit in us to his glory. And verse 8 tells us it's a wonderful harvest. And he gets all the glory because he produces it by his word and by his spirit working in us. When Jesus walked on this earth, he preached the word. And he got these four different responses. And they're summed up in this parable. 
And so it is the same today. People still respond to the word of God in one of these four ways. And so, yes, we each ask ourselves this morning, which one am I? Am I like the path, the rocky ground, the thorny ground, or the good soil? You see, the first three are highly dangerous and indeed eventually fatal, dead, wasted. Sadly, the first three ultimately produce nothing. The seed just dies. If we're like any of the first three types of soil, if we have hardened our hearts to God, or if we're superficial, or if we've allowed other things to come in and crowd out and choke out God's word, then the seed can't grow. And there is no fruit, and there is a sense in which we lead a life that is ultimately, unfortunately, wasted. And we don't want that. We don't want to do that. Let's not waste our lives. And here's the thing, just as I finish. Here's the good news of the kingdom of God. Here's why Jesus told this parable. In his mercy and grace and by the working of his Holy Spirit in our midst. And he is with us right here, right now. And he wants to take us from being hard ground, from being rocky ground, from being thorny ground, to being good soil. To being people who, as in verse 15 says, hear the word of God, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. That's what God wants for us. And that's what he wants to do for us and in us. To live lives that bear fruit for him and bring glory to him. As we respond to God's word here this morning, we need to respond in our hearts. But I also want to offer you uh, uh, three very practical options that you may wish to consider as part of your response. The seed is the word of God and the word of God is the Bible. In a a few minutes we, we have together on a Sunday morning, I can in a sense sow a seed. But it's really only a seed. But I want to do more than that. I want to point you to where you can find seed by the bucketful. For yourself. So firstly, let me point you to the community Bible experience. We talked about this last week. One option with CBE is a six-week series in Luke and Acts. The story. Robin Jamison Robin will be available after the service with uh, books and to share with you about community Bible experience. Robin will be out in the foyer after the service. There's somebody trying to ring you already, mate. (laughs) Why Why not be thinking about community Bible experience? Meeting with others to talk about what you read from the story. There are CBE groups meeting on Sunday mornings and there's one starting on Tuesday evening. More details are in the announcement sheet or speak with Robin, please, after the service. Secondly, let me point you to our small groups. If you really want to get into God's Word and get into it with other people who will be able to help you to understand it and live it and who will value your contribution, then our small groups may be the place to go. These meet at various times throughout the week. And I know that some of our home groups will be using the Life Builder book on the parables. You may want to purchase this for yourself online or we have copies in the shop. You have them for yourself or your small group and use them in the days ahead, the weeks ahead.
Again, Robin is our small group coordinator, and so if you would like to speak about small groups, then speak to Robin or speak to myself. And the third option is this, Bible reading notes. Many people have found Bible reading notes very helpful. And there are many different sorts available for all ages and stages and uh, and hard copy or via email or on apps. John Jack is our Bible notes agent. So if you'd like to see samples of different notes that are available, we have these. You can speak to John or speak to myself. Or uh, if you'd like to put an order in, come and speak to us. Or a bit of advice on which notes, speak to John or myself. Small groups, community Bible experience, Bible reading notes. Just as I finish, these are all ways that would help us to be good soil for the seed. To know and respond to the life-giving word of God. And to live lives that bring forth much fruit to the glory of God. Shall we pray together for a moment? Let us pray. Let's just take a moment in the quietness and in God's presence to respond in our hearts to what we've heard from his word this morning. Lord, would you give us ears to hear? Come, Holy Spirit. Speak, O Lord, for your servants are listening. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the seed that you have graciously and liberally sown in us. Father, would you please help us to be good soil? Please help us to really hear your word and respond to it so that it might take root in our lives and that our lives may be fruitful for you. Lives that are shaped for you, lives that bring glory to you, lives that produce a good crop and bring much thanks and honor and praise to you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.